Authentic Experts with Kara James, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Authentic Experts with Kara James is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Kara. Hi, everybody. Kara James here from Authentic Experts and here with Jacqueline Ionin. Jacqueline is an experienced trademark and business attorney. She resides in New York City, serving clients throughout the U.S. and internationally. She brings a talented breadth of knowledge in intelligent property law, having years of experience working with the media, theater, PR, and communication industries, and having represented clients in the music, entertainment, fashion, event production, digital media, tech, food, beverage, consumer goods, and beauty industries. Wow. Uh, Jacqueline is also taught at the uh, adjunct professor at Curtiso School of Law, having developed and instructed the school's first trademark practicum course for international students. In her spare time, Jacqueline's passion for theater and love for New York City keeps her exploring the boundaries or the boundless creativity in the world's greatest city. Jacqueline, welcome. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much for having <laughs> me. We can cover here today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pleased to have you. So yeah, let's 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 dive right in. We were talking a little bit before I hit record about uh talking about IP and of course, you know, the importance of that and having that protected. So yeah, I would love to hear you uh hear what you have to say about that. Absolutely. So I'm a trademark and business attorney, as you said. Um, I work primarily with small to mid-sized businesses. Um, typically or frequently, I should say, at the beginning of their business journey, um, where they're first thinking about either the name of their business or names of products or services that they're going to offer um, and help them make sure that any names they're thinking of using are clear and that they won't be infringing on anyone else's rights if they use them and that they are also available for them to protect and be able to enforce against you know, the rest of the country. And the world if they're going to be international businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, I also do some LLC formation and some contract drafting for businesses, but uh, the bulk of my of my practice is trademarks. Um, and yeah, brand protection is just hugely important for businesses, I think, and contracts as well. I think um, small businesses always want to go straight to the graphics and the website and getting all the things really pretty without um, getting the back end set up properly and making sure that all those pretty graphics and uh, logos and everything that they're going to use are actually protectable. So I really like to empower business owners to get things right from the beginning so that it doesn't cost them more down the line and they're not stuck in a situation where they're um, getting sued or you know getting a cease and desist letter or anything like that. Right. Absolutely. That's huge. And you're, I'm sure you see a lot of this too, where people have to backtrack and start over, right? They didn't do yeah. their due diligence and found out, wait a minute. <laughs> in all situations. Know. I mean, we see that right. in trademarks where people try to file on their own or try to file with legal zoom. And then they come to us when they get an office action, which is when the USPTO lets you know that there's an issue with your application And often then, depending upon how it was filed and prepared, those issues can't always be undone or or reversed. A lot of times we have to start over from scratch. And we definitely see it with contracts as well. Um, 
you know, people piece together things from Google or use a template, something that wasn't really customized for them and their business and the concerns that they're going to run into. And then something happens and they're like, my contract doesn't account for this issue. And then we have to, you know, put it in their contract for next time. But in that situation, it gets sticky and you have to sort of figure out what you can do, but you're not really protected. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure you see a lot of that as well. And I know just even up and coming, would you say 2020 has brought on a boom of business for you as far as in the, absolutely. Yeah, right. yeah, I was, I had started my practice in 2018. Um, and around 2020, when COVID hit, I really was like, I don't know what's going to happen. This, this could be bad, but with the boom of startups, it, I mean, it was, yeah, I it didn't slow down at all. <laughs> Oh, I bet. Absolutely. If anything, probably got a lot busier too. Just, yeah. Are you seeing a lot of coaches come in and, and that type of? Um, yeah, I don't work with too many coaches actually. Um, but yeah, I know there's, there's a ton of them out there, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we definitely do brand protection for services and all of that, that coaches like method methodologies and that kind of thing. But yeah, not yeah. have too many coaches in my, in my roster. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, you're right. The methodologies or the IP, right? So I do have a question. I know when I've gone to, in my business name, my personal business name is protected, of course, but when I go to create a course or do something like that, or even just a membership or an I have a subscription, does that need to be protected as far as, you know, the name or that type of thing? I mean, you see these recycled over and over again. I don't think mine is, but... <laughs> Um, you know, I, I just wonder about that. And we just see these names all over the place that are just, and now a chat GPT, you can go in and create any kind of name, right? <laughs> no, you definitely do want to protect that. Um, we actually had a client recently who had been using a name for a while, um, for part of her program. It wasn't her main brand mm-hmm. name, but it was what she was calling the course slash service she offered. Sure. And, um, Another another person in her field came along and started using that and put a lot of um, money into marketing and was sort of everywhere all of a sudden and then filed a trademark application for it. And my client hadn't really thought to protect that. It, it was kind of generic a little bit. So it just she was just like, oh, I'm just going to use it. And now she's in a situation where she's like, can I continue to use this? What do I have to do? Do I have to try and oppose this other person? That person has really deep pockets. Is that going to like get me anywhere? So it's, it's yeah, you definitely want to be at least clearing what you're going to use or are using. And yeah, ideally trying to get it protected. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That does make sense. I was I'm so curious about that because there's yeah. so many different ways and even just the title of a module or something like that, you know, like how deep do we go here? But yeah. Uh, so the thing with um, trademarks is that you can't technically protect anything that's descriptive. So if it's something that just like everyone would kind of need to be able to use to describe the same type of service or good, you technically are not able to get that protected. So if it's that kind of thing, then you don't really have to think about it too much. Um, However, there are sort of like loopholes around that. So there's there's two registers that the USPTO protects marks on. One is called the principal, and that's like the main one that 
gets you the full protection. And then there's a second one called the supplemental. And on that one, you can sometimes get descriptive marks registered. And if you get it on there and then use it for five years, you can move it over and get that full protection. So it's sort of this like sneaky way to get um, what a mark that you might not think could be protectable protected. Nice. Thank you for explaining that. And this is why we need you, right? <laughs> <laughs> we don't know all these loopholes and, and secrets and things. That's right. Um, so what are, can you give me the differences or what, you know, how they differ from each other as far as the trademarks, copyrights, patents? Absolutely. Yeah. I know without getting, I don't want to, I don't want to keep you all afternoon, but yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. It, it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty <laughs> simple. They're very yeah. segmented. So trademarks protect um, anything that indicates source. So anything that you can look at here, see, you know, experience, if it's a smell that is going to tell a consumer, I know who made this good or who's offering this service. Yeah. So that can be, you know, business names, logos, slogans, um, colors, like the, the Louboutin red soul, Tiffany blue, um, sense even sounds the um intel inside you know chime things like that um the and also that includes like trade dress like the inside of a starbucks looks the same kind of everywhere you go um oh, donut colors i mean i don't know why i'm sticking only to coffee but yeah <laughs> like because oh, we, we all understand that pretty yeah. much <laughs> yeah got it that all falls under trademarks copyright protects creative works so that can be um, you know, copy, literature, um, visual arts, design, um, physical design, like as long as it's not um, technically practical, as long as it's truly like artistic in some form and unique. Mm -hmm. um, and patents protect inventions. Uh, so yeah, anything new, novel, technical, um, yeah, I don't do a lot of patents, but that's, that's like the science. Okay, yeah, yeah, got it, right. Like that separate thing. You're putting these in buckets that we can all understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. but yeah. I, I yeah. can't go too far deep into that. But yeah. Um, but yeah, the thing that people tend to want to be able to protect is like substance and ideas. And that actually isn't protectable under any of the IP buckets. So when you have um, like a certain type of, teaching methodology, like I said before, or um, yeah, like something that you've developed that's unique to you and you wanna protect it. What you actually have to do is put that in either your terms of service or your terms of use for your clients, your consumers, and also in um, NDAs for any vendors that you work with. So you really need to protect it like on the back end through contracts. Yeah, great, thank you for, for explaining that for me and for, for everybody out there. I know that's like a common question. People always come. Yeah. To I mean, I, know, I, I, you know, a little bit, of course, trademark, that type of thing, but it's, you know, you, you really gave a deep ex explanation and I appreciate that. That's great. Sure. Yeah. So what do you, what would you say is the first step? So, okay, I'm going to start a business today. Right. Or just say, look, I keep saying coaching, right. And this has been my surrounding for five years and just they're coming out of the woodwork now. Um, what would you suggest? This is the first phone call we call Jacqueline first. <laughs> you know, we, we look around for the name. I know there's the website that we can search, um, 
you know, and I've done that as well uh, before I even did anything to make sure that it was clear. And what the website is US? Uh, USPTO.gov. Okay. Um, I think the specific, you can, you can put in Google TESS okay, and it yeah. should bring up like tmsearch.uspto.gov. And that's where you can search for your mark and see what's, what comes up. Yeah. Perfect. And the names as well. And yeah. Okay. Okay. And then, so if it's not taken and we want to move ahead with it, then we call you. And what does that look like as far as steps? So yeah. So I would say the first thing you would do is what, just what we just said, just like look for the exact mm -hmm. mark, see if anything direct hits come up. And then you would talk with me or an attorney and we would actually do um, a more in-depth search. So your, your application can be refused for more than just um, the exact mark already existing. It can be refused for something similar, something close, something it sounds alike, something that looks alike. Um, it doesn't have to be an exact mark, and it often isn't an exact mark that, that blocks it from being registered. So an experienced trademark attorney will know how to conduct that search, know what sort of variations to look for, and then also be able to analyze that and advise you on the risk associated with the results that come up. So that's sort of the first step with an attorney. Um, once we get that information, we would talk through it and it would inform our filing strategy. So basically we'd say, what did we come up with in this report? What, what marks do we wanna to try to avoid? Do they have similar services? Do we maybe wanna file for a design mark associated with, your, with the word? Because maybe something is too close to your word and a design mark will help it get through because it has more of a distinguishing element. Mm -hmm. um, do we want to craft your goods and services leaning towards this end of it as opposed to that end of it because it's less likely to overlap with something that's on there. So those are the kinds of things we look at and how we figure out what to put in the application. Um, and then we file and then we wait a really long time for the USP <laughs> to get back <laughs> Right, I know, yeah, I recall. <laughs> what is the time frame again? I know it was months so and months. For, forever, it was three months. Like you wait three months, you get a response. Yeah. Then it became six months. Now it's closer to like nine months plus. Um, it's crazy, but we're still not as bad as Canada. They're like over a year and a half before they hear. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but um, yeah, and they're they're trying new things now to decrease that time, but that unfortunately is going to include like upping the fees in a lot of ways. So that's something that's that's like news as of this week that they're talking about new fees within the next year. Or so if people out there are thinking about doing it, they should do it sooner than later because it's going to get yeah. a lot more expensive. <laughs> oh, I guess so, for sure. Especially if you really can't move forward if you don't know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Goodness. So why does, what is, the, why, why does it take that long? <laughs> um, so during COVID, they just got this huge boom. Like we were saying, there's this huge boom of startups. So there was just a huge influx of applications. And I think they had all their examiners start working remotely. And I think that probably slowed down the, yeah. the yeah. turnover, the, the turnaround, I should say. Um, so yeah, that's just, we've- Okay, that you know, explains you know, it. <laughs> but, um, I guess one of the things that they're trying to combat is there's a lot of international applications that come in with these like laundry lists of services and goods um, where they just basically throw everything in and that takes examiners longer to go through. So one of the new fees that they're looking at is additional 
filing fees for over a certain amount of, you know, characters or something in your goods and services description. Oh yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because I could see that, oh, we'll throw everything in and then that way we're covered. But meanwhile, right. And we can see why, why there's a cost to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so technically you're only supposed to file for the things that you are exactly using or exactly going to use. And and you're really not able to get the registration until you can show use for at least one thing in each category and declare like, you know, swear kind of that you're using it for all the other things, but there's a lot of shady international. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. no, exactly. No, that, that makes perfect sense. Oh, great. Well, thank you. So, so informative. <laughs> um, so, and do you have any products, services, programs that you would like to, you know, sure, sure. Um, audience so, know about that you're offering? Yeah. So I, I offer a few flat fee packages. Um, they start with the classic, which is sort of the bare bones. If, if no issues happen, if nothing goes wrong, that'll get you from start to finish of the trademark application process. Then I have the elevated, which includes up to four hours if Um, you do get a refusal and you need to try to overcome it and we need to draft arguments, et cetera, to respond. And then the next level is the elite. And that also includes after the registration process, a year of monitoring and enforcement watch services. Um, So basically I would put your mark into a program and we would get weekly updates to see if there are any other marks being filed that are similar to your mark. So we know and are alerted and can oppose it and make sure that your mark doesn't get weakened or diluted. Um, So those are my three tiers of flat fee packages. I also offer a filing in a day add-on, which just sort of speeds up the beginning of the process. So instead of taking a couple of weeks, we work together. It's like a VIP day. We get it all done in a day. Um, And then lastly, I offer a monthly retainer service called Outside Counsel, and that has all sorts of goodies, some contracts included. Um, Basically, you get to have me on speed dial. Oh, nice. Great. Well, thank you. And where can we find you? Uh, You can find me on Instagram at Ionanlaw. My website is www.ionanlaw.com. And I'm also on TikTok as I own in law, but haven't posted in a while. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Oh, nice. Great. Well, thank you so much. And one last question that I have, is there a book that you would recommend? And if not, it's okay. I know I just kind of sprung that one on you. <laughs> and then I forgot to think more. Yeah, um, no, no worries. Yeah, I don't, I don't have like a good. That's okay. No worries. A, a documentary or anything. Wait, wait, I know. This is pretty great. Oh, all right. Well, you don't want to boss bitch, everybody. (laughs) So yeah, Um, right. Oh, Jacqueline Johnson work party is really good too. Oh, great. Okay. Excellent. (laughs) Just had to look at my bookshelf. It's been a bit. Oh, I know. Well, I know that's, (laughs) and I'm sorry to just throw that on you. No, no, no. That's okay. I have to ask. I ask at the end of every, (laughs) so sorry, you got stuck, but no, those are great. I I forgot to think about it, but yeah, those are great. Those two are great. Oh, well, thanks so much for being here. And I hope you'll join me again. Tara, this was so fun. Thank you. And we'll talk soon. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Authentic Experts with Kara James. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.